happen. No, we, we totally Just don't know, learning. and that's fine. Every day is the same, or every, every day is a new day. Every day is an adventure. We have the same setup, and we're confused every day. <laughs> Garage every band time. decides to not they change pay attention. All their shit. I don't get it. We do the same thing every time. That's it. Fuck. I'm just and opening then we just the push file. buttons. Yeah, push it, and then I Google the same thing good. every time. Yeah, push it real good. We, we're living in constant Groundhog Day, which is fine because <laughs> it's a really great day, and we have a lot of fun, so it's good. Yeah, I mean, really, if you were living yeah. in Groundhog Day, it would be if you knew it would be the most liberating thing because you just do whatever you want and know you get to undo it the next day, or you just do it again. That's true. So I don't know, because I feel like there's a lot of things that just want that's enough. If so, I knew that that was what I had to do forever and ever, I'd be like, no. So if you ate something, mm-hmm. so if I ate like three cakes on Groundhog Day number one, <laughs> and then I ate three more cakes on Groundhog Day number two, would I show six cakes? Or would I, would I only gain weight at the pace of my Groundhog Day? I have no idea. They don't, I don't think they address that in that movie. It's like he's arrested, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Oh, I like to say that. I don't even know. Oh, cry. happy, t- happy tears. Oh, my God, I'm crying. Happy no, tears. <laughs> the second you were like, so right? Three cakes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now that I'm full of snot and <laughs> just like it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> welcome, okay. welcome back to the five people that listened to episode one to yes. episode two of Tales from the Pit. <laughs> where do you, where do you drink in snot nose? Um, <laughs> I'm drinking gluttony. It's a New Belgium gluten-free beer since i am the glutard of the group i have to do that <laughs> what about you oh my god uh cane sneak box it's, it's crispy <laughs> it's got a lighthouse on it it's got a lighthouse on it. it's pretty uh pretty neat it's i just found great. out that it's a, a name of a boat i didn't even know it was the name of a boat cane uh sneak box oh. it's a type of boat i would have no idea i mean i love boats but i don't know much more about them other than they're yeah. fun and that's it yeah sorry (laughs) we can cut that no (laughs) all right so i guess we should go into a little bit about what we're gonna be discussing in the next so many minutes of your life (laughs) (laughs) so many so many um i don't know why i'm brain farting right now we had all this worked out i'm the one with the notes i could do it okay all right cool i got the notes i'll do it (laughs) Um, this week, I'm going to assume we're going to do this every week, yes. right? We're going to try. We'll try our best this to week, do this every week. Or every other week. It's going to be a week ish. Some form. Every week ish. Yeah. All right. Week ish. This, this week ish. <laughs> we're talking to Emily, who's been a friend of ours for 10 years, maybe. Yeah, go yeah, about that. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, when we decided that we were going to do this adventure in podcasting, we decided that the first person that we wanted to interview was her. Definitely. And so while we've been talking about this for basically a year, yes, we kind of, you know, we sat on a little bit and then we kind of developed it a little more. And then finally, when we were really getting it going, we had to coordinate with her to really get it 
moving. We're yeah. like, bitch, when are you going to be here? And so, so it was a little bit of an endeavor because Emily lives in Pittsburgh. And Which so is we, a far land far, far away. <laughs> far, far away from us on, on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so, what was it? November 11th, 11-11 weekend. 11! She was able to come out. We went to, you know, hung out here in Jersey City. Went to see the Mountain Goats at White Eagle Hall, which is pretty cool. And then we recorded that Saturday. Um, a couple other things to kind of talk about in this episode. I guess we should say what we discussed with her. It would be That would be helpful. Yeah, that would be helpful. So you guys helpful. know what you're uh, getting into. Um, so we were talking about the Coheed and Cambria Never Ender Tour that took place back in October of 2008. And it was a, a four-day event at Terminal 5 that we all went to together. And the first city that they did uh, this in was New York. So we were, you know, fortunate enough to be there and do it. And we were with Emily, and it was freaking awesome. So, yeah, this was also before the time of digital cameras, so we don't really have photos from a lot of these shows. But we they just, recorded it. They did record they it. They recorded the whole thing. So, if you, you know, if you want to go to our website, talesfromthepitpod.com, uh, we're going to have an article up about this episode like we did with the previous, which will have a bunch of bonus content on it. You can read more about the Armory Wars. You can watch some videos from the shows that we're talking about. Um, and hopefully you'll get a feel for the kind of thing we're trying to describe to you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So this will be our conversation with Emily. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's sort of the way I felt about going to see... The Coheed show, you know. Yes. The the Never Ender tour. Yes. Yeah. It never ended. It, <laughs> it was never ended. Four nights of madness at In Terminal a, Five. Yeah. Four nights, five shows. Except I think I was I was the only one that did that acoustic set, right? It was yeah, during well, the day. Well, Why because was, it was you I did something. You were able to go there because you bought all four tickets like in the package. Oh, okay. You were the only one of us who was able to, to get that package. It sold out. Oh, that's right. But we were still able to get All tickets to each night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And when was that? That was October... 2008. <laughs> I had graduated I had graduated college and spent, like, all summer at home, like, working in the kitchen. And where's home? Pittsburgh. I know we've kind of we've kind of Pennsylvania. We've kind of hit on that a couple of times. Yeah. But I just wanted to Dudes from the Keystone State. <laughs> I love that album. Fuck Route Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we live in Jersey now. It's fine. You don't pay to get in. <laughs> but, but you, you pay, pay to get out. <laughs> so We seriously missed our calling, guys. We Should have been in a band. Could have been a rock star. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to uh yeah. So it was like back to your story. Sorry to cut you off. No, like I had spent all summer like working and just sort of like generally hating my life because I had just spent all this time at school, like kind of doing my thing and like existing. And you know, when I graduated, it was hard for everyone. Like the housing market had burst, and yeah, that was a rough. You know, the economy was just kind of shitty and. I wanted. I took a break from the whole like architecture thing, and yeah. uh, so these shows came up, and it was like, man, they had just finished this whole concept, their whole story, the four albums, and which they've expanded upon, you know. But 
still like that was the thing like that was what they had done and it it took all those years right the first one came out in 03 is that right the first coheed record yeah i think 2002 potentially um second stage turbine yeah yeah Yeah, so anyway i mean you're looking at like six years five six years of work right and it just was i took the whole i took the week off and it was sort of like yeah like something so cool to look forward to and to come to new york and like hang out with all my friends i hadn't seen and like i'd never seen coheed before oh you never saw them before that no Oh. I, I've seen them since. Okay, but that so, was like your several first... times. But that was my first, and and the, I'd listened to them all through college with these albums, and it was like kind of a, like they're for me when I listen to their music, I often like reconnect with that time in my life. So it was just sort of like this really awesome, crazy thing. And New York was the first city that they played all of those albums in in that way they yep. did four shows yep or yeah four cities i four, mean yeah i think it was um, la chicago new york new and york and london s- i think it well i think it was london yeah so you know and they recorded it and like then we bought the box set and like have so all the dvds of like all the shows uh, it was london London, London. You know, all the albums and everything. So it was sort of this, like, I didn't, I came into it without any expectation other than I sort of felt it was going to be worth my while. (laughs) You know, like coming and like taking that time off and like, and driving out here and like doing the whole thing was like, that's going to be it. So we, so we were all together which made it even the more special. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly the mushy one in the group. And <laughs> but I think so it started on a Wednesday night, right? And was this when we were all living in Brooklyn together? You guys lived in the Keep Street apartment. So we were in the Keep Street apartment. So mm-hmm. every day after work, I'm just going to just say this. So we would go to work all day and then we would go to the show after work. And we get all fucking nuts, and we'll get into that a little bit later. And, like, certain nights were crazier than others, and it was just amazing. And then we would go back to Brooklyn, and then we'd have to climb the five fucking flights of stairs to get back up to sleep for a little bit, to just then wake up again, go back to work again, and then do it all all over again. And this was four nights in a row. So our asses looked great by the end of that (laughs) event with all the dancing and stair climbing and... And fun. Yeah, I mean, if we get to interview anyone else that um, wants to talk about this show and they say there were these ladies that had great asses. That was us. Definitely us. That was definitely us. But no, they wouldn't know them now. I mean, they're kind there's no five flights anymore and they're I mean I still feel like our asses are pretty great. They're still great, but they're not like they were in top never top ender, ass shape back then. Never ender nights, great. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but no, it was it was quite the. I guess my whole point of saying that was it was quite the event, and it it took a certain amount of energy, which we all seemed to keep up night after night after night, you know. And it was mm-hmm. so fucking fun, and it was just like, you know, you woke up every day knowing that that night that you you were going to a show and you were going to be with your friends and you were just going to have this fucking awesome time, and it was just. Even though you knew what it was going to be because it was an album a night. So we knew what the music was going to be. We knew what the set list was. But it was just like when you go see something live, Mm -hmm. even though you know what to expect, it's always different. And there's always something that's like, you know, they change something or they switch something up or they Mm -hmm. play something longer or they play it louder or they do or they slow it down or they speed it. It's just it was so fucking it was so great. Yeah, like I'm, this yeah. humanness in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you take it for what it is. But at the same time, like you're saying before, like it 
when you listen to those things, you think about the time when you heard them. So did mm-hmm. you like bring that stuff in with you when you saw it? Because it was your first time seeing them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think a little bit I did, but I also think um, that probably happens more now because, mm. you know, we're talking nine years at least, plus, like nine years plus since that time that like that music had first come out and that I was listening to it and it was in that environment. So when we went and saw those shows... I think I was really close still to the times that I connect mm. it with. Mm. Oh, okay. yeah. But, um, and so it was just, I knew it was important to me then because I, I was still like every day or every other day, maybe listening to an album or, you know, it being in a mix or like something like that. So I wouldn't say that I took it in and was thinking about it. And like, I wasn't being nostalgic about it when we were in it. I just knew that, like, it was special to be there because they had finished the story and that they were sharing it with everyone. And it was sort of like, you knew that all the people who were there were a part of that, like, journey, had followed that journey, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was a kind of show that wasn't just, like, a one-off, like, you know, they're going to be here and we'll, we'll see them next year. And, yeah. you know, oh, I'm just going to check out this band. Like, all the people that went to that show were more than likely a fan mm-hmm. in some way. And invested in yeah. not just the band, but the story and right. what they were doing. Right. So, it's, like, that that's what I was, like, picking up and kind of carrying with me when I was there. And especially because, you know, as the days went on, you'd start to, like, see people that you had seen the night before or, you know, the day, a couple of days before, and you would notice, like, for me, there was one guy who wore this, like, red bandana, like, around his neck, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And, like, I, somehow we always ended up being in his general area. And I think it's just because we liked similar locations in the crowd, you know? Because we weren't really, like, in the pit, like, the mosh pit, you know, the circle. But, like, we'd be in that group, like, in front of it. Or sometimes if we were hanging out, we might be behind it. But, you know... Like, yeah. And I just, I just remember him and I remember being like, all right, well, I saw him yesterday. That's cool. And then it was like, I saw him every day. So you have a bandana hey, every day? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty hey sure. Hey guy with the red bandana at the Kohi shows yeah. if you want to talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey guy. Hi, red yeah. bandana. Yeah. Well, and the thing I, that I also makes me remember him is that, so like these shows can be really intense, like the dancing and the moshing and just, like, that shoving and the crowd surfing, like, it's continuous, and it just, you know, it's, like, waves crashing. And their music is generally pretty intense, but, you know, all albums kind of have a, an ebb and flow to them, and there yeah. are those songs that are a little bit slower, and I can remember, um, I'm pretty sure it was when they played Wake Up, uh-huh. you know, it's mm-hmm. a slower jam, like, we needed that that break <laughs> in the set list and it came like right when we needed it uh-huh. and I mean, that's not planned that's just like how they wrote the album or whatever but I can remember it being like oh thank god like it's chilling out I remember like him like looking at a bunch of us like and just being like oh this is what we needed right yeah, like we needed this like this is alright cool like is everyone cool like <laughs> so so on that note is there one night that stands out to you more than others as we've talked about the whole thing as like a collective mm-hmm. you know like experience but is there 
an album that you gravitate towards more, a night that was... Oh, yeah, that's right, because like, it's four albums, right? And they yeah. played one album every night. Every did they night. Play, I don't remember if they played encores, though. I think um, they just did the record, and then maybe they did, like, a couple songs from other records in case you didn't go to another show. Yeah, I feel like that... Yeah, I don't remember if there was encores or not. They Probably the last night, I'm sure, they did something. But I don't remember the other nights. And but Yeah, I think they, I think they did a couple couple songs from other records in case that you would didn't make, make a different show. You'd be able to get some of those songs that you like and then yeah. adjacent to like hearing that record fully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did they do like jam sessions each night? See, that's what I remember for sure that they did it at least one night because I remember the way it went down was it like, you know, when everybody gets a solo, like they just kept, they'd do their solo and then one would walk off the stage. Like, I think Claudio started it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or you introduced them. And then, like, the guitar would cut out. And then the bass would cut out. And uh, Chris Penny was drumming for them. I think so. Yeah. I think like, he, he was, was yeah. just drumming the whole time. Like, just as a background, like, rhythm kind of thing while they're doing their solos. And then he got to do his solo. And then they, they came back on. Like, he never stopped playing. And it was, like, 30 minutes of like them just kind of jamming and being wild and they that. came back on and then just like yeah exploded and finished out the album and i remember thinking like holy shit that dude is a maniac he's a beast yeah he is a beast yeah <laughs> and like just that they would yeah. play like that and it just was um so anyway uh i don't know which night would have been my probably the third night good apollo i'm burning has That's always been me too yeah? Um, oh, three? yeah. Number three. That album, for some yeah. reason, just, I listen to it the most. Same. I don't know why. That and the first one. Well, see, I've, I've come back, to, like, the first one is probably my favorite now. Okay. But at the time, it wasn't, like, the one that I gravitated towards. And I'm I'm not sure if there was a reason, like, an external reason to that, or if it's just, like... I had only casually listened to them yeah. before and then really got into it or what. But so I think that album because of that the third night would have been like my most into it kind of evening because I knew it like just front to back, like no question. Just yeah. And well and the other thing too, at that time for some reason, like the second album I was missing songs. Like, I hadn't ripped them right or something on my computer, and yeah. and I didn't realize oh. that I was missing them. and The good old pre-Spotify days. <laughs> yeah. It was a different time. It was yeah. a different time. <laughs> but. Yeah. So that's also why I, like, I knew that album was complete. Like, by the time I figured it out, like, you know, these shows were happening. And right. I was like, oh, okay. Great. How did, how could I have done this to myself? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We don't judge you. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> so LT use the number three too. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I have no idea because I read about it. Yeah, like I re- I started listening to them. This is going to come as a surprise to all of our listeners because Hops introduced me to them. She introduced <laughs> me to a lot of the music that I listen to now, and you did. And the first time I saw them was actually at Warp Tour. Um, and I remember everybody wanted to go see somebody else. And I forget who everybody was, like, so stoked to go see. I want to say it was, like, Pennywise or somebody like that. 
And I was like, I need to go see Coheed. I need to go see this band. Like, because I had listened to the, the first album a bunch of times. So I left the group and I went over to listen to them. And I remember it was, um, it was in Camden. And they were on, like, they had the main stage, but they had the main stage broken up into two stages. Mm-hmm. So, like, bands mm-hmm. could swap back and forth. And I, I, got, pr- I got, like, right up in the front because there was nobody there to see them. And I just remember Claudia walking out. And I don't know how I pictured him. I had never seen a picture of him. But in my mind, he was, like, I had no idea that this was the guy that this sound was coming out of. And it was just amazing. And the whole time, his hair was in his face, and he was just, like, going nuts. And it was just, like, totally blew me away. And then I started listening to that album on repeat for a very long period of time to the point where I think I kind of, like, burned myself out from it a bit. And then I discovered that there was a whole B-side to it, so then I got overexcited, and I was like, oh, there's more to this first album. This is great, you know, like the Elf Tower and all that stuff. And then the second album came out, and it was also amazing. And I don't know if it was, like, you were talking about the time in my life when the third album came out. I don't remember. It was maybe, like, 2005-ish or something, like, around that time, and we were graduating college, and things were changing, and moving up to New York, and I don't know if for for some reason that album just kind of, like, sat in, it, like, held a different space in my soul or something. Like, it just, it hit me in a spot where it was, like, not made me sad, but made me feel not just, like, happy and energized, but feel something else that I didn't, I don't even know how to explain it. And I think that's why, for me, that third album, and it just, it's just amazing. And I remember the night at the show, and I, I remember running away from all you guys and I got clobbered I don't know if you guys remember this but I had the bruises all down the front of my uh, front of my leg and my foot because I just couldn't even like stand like I couldn't stand still I was just like running all over the place and somebody like stepped on me with a really big shoe and I didn't stop dancing and I didn't stop going until we went home that night and I took off my pants as we did often when we got up to the fifth floor we were sweating so it was a pantsless apartment we would strip (laughs) took off my pants and I looked down (laughs) And my entire leg and top of my foot was just like one big long bruise, and I was like, "Yeah, I had a good night. This mm-hmm. was this was a good show." Such a delicate little flower you I are. Am. I am a little flower, uh, but it was just it was that kind of night where it was just the energy was un, mm-hmm. it, it was unreal. It was just amazing. Well, I think too, like part of it also was that like the shows were just kept building up. You know, like you yeah. go there and it's like first night. This is awesome. Like yeah like I'm in and this could be so great and like as the nights went on you were getting that much closer to the end you know so it was like everybody was really getting ramped up and then also like the weekend was developing so yeah. you could get a little riskier and you could get a little you know more crazy and maybe drink a little more like do whatever you do right because you know chances are you're a normal human and you work like during the day, during the week, and yeah, you know, you're like, do your thing. Right. <laughs> There's so a little dance like... move with that, by the way, doing your thing with a little dance move. Sure everyone has their own do your thing little yeah. move. You yeah. Know. What about you, what? A lady? Yeah. What's what was evening? your preferred evening? Oh my god. The number, first four. number four. Number really? four. Number four. Hands down. Which is down. weird. That is weird. I number would think four. it would be number one, right? Oh my god. 
Okay. Number four, I don't remember, like, I've only listened to, honestly, like, the first two records before this thing even happened. I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, and then when I knew this whole thing was going to happen, I started listening to the other two records, in which I was like, yeah, these are fucking awesome. I have to, like, listen to these some more, and, like, I get it, and you guys really like it. I was like, okay. But night number four is the night where, as you were saying, like, everyone starts to get a little looser as the shows go on. You know, there's a camera crew that's set up in Terminal 5 the whole time because they're recording these DVDs. Like, Mm -hmm. the atmosphere is really different. Mm -hmm. It's a really unique place to be. So by the time the end of it happens, and I think, as you said before, is the first time they did it. So I'm sure there's a level of it for them, like, yeah, fuck yeah, we completed it. This is great, you know? Yeah. And so the night number four, they come out, and the first thing they say is, all right, everyone, we're going to do something a little bit more special tonight. <laughs> um, oh, and, I know exactly. Yeah, you okay, know where this yeah, is going. Exactly this is why this show is now. so good. <laughs> yes. I remember. Sorry. They said, we're going to do something a little special tonight. Um, I don't remember if it was Claudio specifically or as a band. I think it might be as a band. If I'm going to fuck this story up. They said something about how one of the first, either the first show they played at, like with this name, because I think they were called Shibuti before, so they say that in that first record. <laughs> Shibuti, Shibuti, right? Um, they were playing at some shitty bar somewhere. I think they were from upstate New York, and they were playing some bar, and at the same time they were playing, the bar was playing Night of the Living Dead. Yep, I knew this and this is the best show ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, of course, Claudio says it's one of his favorite movies, right? He's a big horror buff, and he says, like, his dog is named after one of the characters, to which I would love to know which one it is. I kind of want to guess, but I have no idea. I'm sure it's some random thing. I don't know what it is. Um, but they come out, and they start playing that last record with two screens next to them, which they hadn't done at any of the other nights before, mm-hmm. and they play all of Night of the Living Dead while they play that record. And... It's remarkable how many times it actually lines up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when they get really, sl- like, some of the songs get a little slow in the middle, and that's the part where the zombies are coming, and it actually <laughs> kind of works in some weird way. And it's this moment where, like, everyone who's there says, you know, feels like, yeah, this is it. And they have that sort of, like, triumphant moment where, like, we did it. Like, we went through this whole thing, and we're here, and this is the end. And the band is there saying, fuck yeah, this is the first time we did it. We... We didn't screw these songs up yet. This is great. Like, we made it. We're going to do the rest of these runs great. But it's also this whole, like, like as a band, we've done it. Like, we've come from this beginning moment where this happened to us in this sh- shitty bar somewhere. And, like, now we're doing it at this larger place in the same kind of circumstance and look at what's happened. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. mood hadn't happened in any of the previous nights. It only happened then. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I totally forgot about that whole Night of Living Dead thing until you said, and then Claudio said at his first show, and I was like, that's right. Like, that's what cor- it is. Yeah. And of course, you know, like, you love old movies, you love, like, black, you love that shit, so you don't you love that movie, too? That movie is the most frustrating movie I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> ever. And, like, <laughs> and I don't even want to say why, because if, like, we you haven't know. seen it, like... It'll ruin it. Okay. But by the time you get to the end and what happens at the end, you just are like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And I think the first time I saw it, I like was in, I was in a like small theater and I actually like yelled at it in the theater and I was like, come on. (laughs) Which is like the most hops thing to do. Oh yeah. Like, oh. (laughs) 
shows happened. Uh, we were talking about this the other day on the phone. Those shows happened the October before I moved out here. Like, I moved out here. And when did you move out here again? What month was it? January. Oh, so it was, nine. like, soon. Yeah, so, like, I came out wow. for the shows, and then, like, maybe I came out one more time between that and New Year's, and I came out for New Year's because by, like, some miracle I was off or something. I don't know. And um, we didn't end up spending New Year's here. We went to Easton, and, like, I just decided to say, fuck it. I'm gonna move <laughs> to New York. <laughs> so that moment that you said you were gonna move, what you said was before this show happened or after this show happened? After. Ah. Yeah, it was after. Do you think you would have wanted to move if you hadn't gone? I was just about to ask that. Um, probably because I had sort of been entertaining the idea of it all during my fifth year of school. Ah, uh, I see. Like, just as a thought, like, because I had started kind of coming up here to, like, visit during that year yeah. and there were like a few trips that we took like through the school too and I just was sort of like man that might be like kind of interesting and, and different and I, I don't know we'll see what happens I think that and and I feel like we've been friends for a while so I don't remember exactly when the genesis of this started but I know that you guys were friends in college but I never knew Emily when we all went to mm-hmm. the same college I never knew Emily in school so I didn't get to know you until you did start coming up and yeah. hanging out. So those yeah, you guys were co- living together. Yeah, so those Coheed shows may have been what, like, really kind of brought us to, like... It makes I sense, I feel yeah. like that would have been the time where we really all started to be like, yeah, this is, like, fun. Like, we like hanging out with each other, and we like the same stuff, and we like to just get weird and be silly, and mm-hmm. half of the time make no sense, but it makes perfect sense to us. I think, like, that was that mm-hmm. time. Because I don't think I really knew you that Mm-mm. much before then. We didn't even hang out in school. Like, the last yeah, year I really. was there, we lived on the same floor. But oh. We never even talked to each other, but we had a mutual friend who later on moved to North Carolina. I think this is what happened, right? She moved down to North Carolina, and um, we were all going to go down and hang out with her, and so oh, she was okay. still in, so Emily was still in school in Philly, and so I drove to Philly to get her, and we never even hung out, or even, we might have, like, yeah, not like, talked in the hallway like a couple that. times, yeah. but not even okay. like that, and there we are, like, in the car driving to North Carolina. Which and, is like, quite a that drive. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was it? That was the end. That was, yeah. And that was, like, t- what year? 2000? That would have been, like, 07 or early 08. I th- okay. I think it was 07, though. Then that, then that does make sense that this would, would have been kind of a solidifying crazy yeah I didn't even realize that until right now so I'm like yeah because well, I know that like I because I feel like you had come up to New York a couple times and I was never there mm-hmm. like because I was all, possible too. yeah because I remember her being like her being hops uh, Emily's gonna come up and stay and I was like oh I'm going back to PA this weekend or I'm doing this stupid shit or whatever yeah. and I feel like our, our past kind of crossed but we never got to like hang out a lot mm-hmm. and then we did we had to have done something else before those shows but that was kind of like that was the that big was, event like was I was in event. your house for a week yeah and it know? was great like that yeah, was, it was awesome yeah well, that's a big on the green of, couch it's a big part of why those shows like matter to me it was like the whole experience of it was like no, it's just unlike anything else. And I can't even say that they're, like, the craziest shows I've ever been to. Or It's probably, like, if I had to pick my favorite, like, it's not it's not on that 
you know, level. Yeah. But it's up there with, like, experiences that I've never had before. Right. And will never have again. I mean, that won't happen again, the no. way that was. And and it didn't. Like, I have seen Coheed a few times since then, mm-hmm. even. And, I mean, you know, of course, it's just, like, one show. like, And it's in a different city and whatever. But, like, the crowd never felt the same. It never felt as sort of like this common bond yeah it was kind like of unity like, yeah like you're there with a bunch of strangers you don't I mean we don't know any of these people that we were there with but like we'll always share that that thing with them yeah you know and then so these other shows that I've been to with them of course like their performance is great and like they've only gotten better and you know their music is still really solid I mean you know all bands evolve so your opinion of that kind of changes but like it's all been good, but, like, I've never had as much fun at one of their shows as I have at, at those four. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the vibe has always just been a little, like, all right, well, I'm here, I'm having a good time, I'm with, I'm with the people that I came with, but, like, I don't enjoy the other people I'm around. Yeah. You and know? I think that was the cool thing that they did is they would be like, oh, who was here last night? And literally, <laughs> probably at least seven-eighths of the crowd would be like, woo, yeah, you know? And there was just, like, a very small percent of people who weren't there yeah. night after night after night. Right. So For one reason or another couldn't do it. Like, right, yeah. And, it, yeah, it was just, it was really freaking cool. Okay, what were we going to say? Oh. One of the things I always enjoyed, like, a little tidbit, like, weirdness about those Coheed shows, though, was that Chris Penny was playing drums for them, but he was not their, like, original drummer, and he wasn't even, like, their second drummer. Like, he just, they had to bring him in to play those shows, but he wasn't really, like, on albums and, like, this whole thing, but he used to drum for Dillinger. Yeah. (laughs) Which always, like, to me was this just... I was like, oh man, that's so one day we'll cool. stop talking about them. But, but everything they come back. Everything You're comes right. back naturally. You're right. So like we're talking so this is what I was gonna say, and I was trying to stop talking about them, right? But we can't. Yeah. Why? Um I don't know, it's just a lot. We can cut it. Nah. Okay. Um <laughs> and that you were talking about uh being introduced to different things through mm-hmm. people who were in bands, and like we were doing that when they announced that they were um like ending the band, everyone started going on tour with their other thing to take the momentum of Dillinger and spread it out to their other projects that they're going to be doing afterward. And so, like, we went just out of sheer like respect for their musicianship and just to see like the kind of influence that they bring into that band. Because the side project they're going to have now is explains where they're coming from a little bit more. At least I I think so. Mm-hmm. And so we went to see uh, Black Queen, which was which is Greg's band, which he's going to probably be working with afterward. Um, and that was an electronic project. I'd never been to an electronic show before. I had never, like, me been either. in that world. Like, I'd listened to some stuff, but not, never live. And mm-hmm. so that was a first for me to Sorry. even, like, dip a foot in the pool for that. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like 80% of the people that were, that might be a gross exaggeration. A lot of the people that were there were in the same boat as us. I feel and like they'd never 80. been to a show like yeah. that before either. And so, like, everyone was kind of trying to figure out like how to like fit into that environment so it was kind of an interesting place to be yeah um they killed it of course they're great and so then everyone finally like got on board once they went on but there are a lot of people that do that also you know like trying to follow careers right. 
But to think it is valuable. Yeah. You know, that yeah. exposed you to something that you hadn't, like, thought of checking out before. Yeah. Or we went to see, um, oh, what the hell is the name of that? John Frum. John Frum. Fucking John Frum. Fucking John Frum. Like, it came out in, like, robes that were glow in the dark. It was nuts. It was insane. It was heavy. Yes. We had a super heavy. Great time. And they had, like, everybody had a hood over. So, like, you didn't know. It wasn't about who was playing, it was what they were playing. You know, like, it didn't matter who they were. And actually, the band who went on after them. The name is escaping me, but we still don't know who's in that band. They were billed as secret headliner at first, and then they filled it in, like, that week of the show, and so we don't... We hadn't seen it long enough. Like, I need to see it to remember it. I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen it long enough to remember it. Yeah, but they, like, wear masks, so, like, you really don't know who's in the band. So it was, like, a... It was also, like, a just totally, like, a faceless band, and it was just about, like, what they were putting out there in the music. It was, like, super heavy... Really intense, but Liam's the man, so it was great. And his stance will be noticed. Yep. No matter what, no matter. he's playing. Legs spread a bit. Very yeah, spread a little bit. He's he's uh, fucking fierce. Yeah. Spread him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was a great day. That was a great day. We had a lot of fun that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the same Vitus, and we love same Vitus. We love same Vitus. The home, What's my home away from home. Yet. Next time. Yeah. Same fight us in sunshine. Some pinball action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One day there will be a show there that will warrant my travel. All of them. <laughs> All of them there do. Yeah. I, have, I remember the one day I just went there because I was bored. And <clears throat> so I was not doing anything. And I just looked up the, um, the set list, like who was playing. And the band was called Spewing Come. And I was like, I just need to go see what this is. Like, I don't even know. I've never listened to it. But the name is enough to draw me in and go check it out. So I went. And it was really free. It was so great. I'm like, eh, I'm glad I came. Great band name. Bring it in the crowds. <laughs> and it was like a Wednesday. It was super fun. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. I think one of the first times I went there, but without anybody, was when you gave me the silent majority tickets because you couldn't go for some reason and you were like hey I have these tickets do you want to go and I was like yeah sure and it was the first time I had put myself in that type of environment without the like company of a friend you know so I was just like with a whole bunch of these like Long Island hardcore kids you know (laughs) and me and I was just kind of like uh what but it was so fun and everybody's nice just having a good time. He's going there, get real weird. It was an amazing show. And yeah, that place is just a big spot. In that that band heart. is the epitome of me not fully understanding it until I went to see it. So, like, as much as I loved Silent Majority and they're, yeah, you've listened to them before. Maybe a little mm, bit? Maybe. Yeah. They're, they're really good, but. I kind of, like, I listened to it, and I was like, oh, I enjoy this, but, like, that was basically it until we went to see them, and then I was like, now I get it. <laughs> and now when I listen to it, I have that lens of understanding it after being there and seeing, like, because it was after they'd broken up, and it was a reunion as a benefit for uh, some kind of charity. I don't remember. It was a really long time ago. And um, so everybody that used to see them back when they were playing all the time showed up, which I'm sure is exactly what it was like at St. Vitus when you went. Um, 
and they brought that whole experience with them and it turned it into that moment um, when they were doing that all the time. Then it's like, mm. now I understand when those songs were written and how that worked and what it was all about because of that experience. And now I like, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, they're a good show. They're fun. Solid mm-hmm. time. And it was also a big moment for me. I put on my big girl pants and I went by myself. Yeah. So you'd never been to a show alone before that? No, I had been to a show alone, but not that kind of a show. Gotcha. Not like, uh, not that, not that type of music yeah. by myself. I had yeah. been to a couple of other ones, um, but yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a little intimidating when I first walked in there mm. being, you know, yeah. by myself, not knowing everybody. It was, there was a lot of like camaraderie and a lot of groups and a lot of like large men with <laughs> jackets with patches on them, you know, and then like me. So right, I, right. It, it, it was kind of like a, all right, mm-hmm. you know, and then I ended up, I'm, I'm about 75, 80% sure that I saw Pat there. And I think that was one of the first times that I ran into him without, like, with knowing who he was and he didn't know who I was. <laughs> so, but I remember seeing him there and being like, okay, so I kind of don't really know somebody here, but I, like, recognize you from, you know, like, a good friend of mine. So then I felt, like, a little more comfortable, which I know sounds weird, but it was like there was one person there that I kind of knew through somebody else, so I wasn't totally alone. Mm-hmm. But it was an intimidating environment yeah. at first. And especially if, like, if you go to St. Fidus for the first time, it's very dark. It's very dark. You know, it's just like a dark space, and it feels very contained, and it, it's it's just walking in that place is an experience in its own. And then... It, it's the physical... It's the spatial equivalent of seeing, like, a person that's into that kind of thing on the street who you would assume would be very, like... Not cold, but you would assume that they're very uh, angry or something aggressive. like that. Aggressive. That's the word. Aggressive. But then when you get to know them, they just want to like hug you and make jokes and have fun. Mm-hmm. That's it's the physical, the spatial equivalent of that. Like you go in there and it's very dark and it's very like they got shirts about like Satan and shit hanging on the walls and stuff, and they're like, "What is this?" But uh, then everyone skeleton. is super welcoming and super oh, nice, yeah. and everyone that's there just is super is like great. chill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like. See, that makes sense to me, though, as a thing, because, like, and you're, like, you're saying, like, going to the show alone and, like, it not being the, the type of show that you had done that before. Like, the thing that I've always found truly um, not astounding, but, you know, it's just sort of this really, like, nice thing about going to these shows is that, generally speaking the people who are there are willing to take care of the people around them. So like if somebody, you know, loses their balance and they're, they go down, you know, they're on the the floor. Every single person around there is trying to get them back up and trying to protect, you know, protect everyone around, like keep them out of that space so that they can get up. If there's crowd surfing happening, like they're making sure that it's all taken care of. And, you know, somebody drops a phone. It's like, everybody's got their lights out or, glasses or like whatever it is like there's always been sort of that level of like community support so in my mind like it's not perhaps as intimidating to go to a show 
like I've never had that like sensation because I know that that type of community typically exists. Yeah. So it makes sense what you're saying. Like this place might look like that and, you know, yeah. you go in and you're not so sure, but like it, it's, it turns into, you know, a warm this hug. inviting like space like that. It makes sense as a perfect like analogy to, to going to these shows in general. Yeah. Is it, you know, it might be this weird thing and you're not really sure what to expect, but you get in there and you realize like everybody's um, all about it. And they're like, hey, come join us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be safe. Yeah. I think that show in particular, why I had that feeling was because they are such like a niche band and they don't play all the time and it was a reunion show mm-hmm. is why I think I went in being like sure because like normally I would feel similar to how you were just explaining but it was like this one mm-hmm. in particular felt I, I, I felt like as okay I'm walking in here I don't know anybody all these guys like they haven't played together in however many years you know half of the people in there knew each other. Like, like literally, everybody... I feel like most of the people in there knew each other and, like, grew up in the same neighborhood. You know what I mean? They were all there, and they were talking about, oh, yo, Brian, and he did this, and where's this guy? And I was just kind of like, fuck. Like, I'm, I, I mean, I want to be a part of it, but it's like, I mean, to, to enter this... To enter that type of environment at this stage in this band's career, it was like a, it was like a far leap, you know? But it was... But, like, after being in there for you know let's just say two minutes I didn't feel that way anymore it was just like the initial crossing that like you know finding that secret door and go and walking through it and walking down that little hallway and giving the girl in the in the chair my ticket and then going into the bar and then it was like two minutes after that I felt okay but that whole experience I was like nervous which is fucking weird because I've been going to shows for a long time up until that point there's no sign black door there's somebody standing outside to check IDs that's it mm. so it's not like you walk up to Irving Plaza and there's a marquee or like right. you do something like that it's a little bar that doesn't even have a presence on the outside and so that's that amazing. so amazingly like from the moment you see it it has that like mm-hmm. stone unpenetrable yeah. facade mm-hmm. right? Under, yeah. underground yeah it's nuts the underbelly of the beast yeah. <laughs> it's, it's but now I mean it's then you get in you have a shot and you have a good time yeah. shot and a beer yeah it's like my most favorite venue now it's really fun and their water their little water tank has an H2O sticker on it and I just it makes me like hum all of (laughs) all of their records in my head when I'm there and I just like hop around (laughs) hop hops my friends look out for me like family I forget somebody, it wasn't you, but somebody the other day asked me if I ever listened to H2O, and it wasn't you, and then, like, two days later, you were talking about it, and I'm like, it is in the air right now. Like, everybody, get, like, is there I something mean, going on with them? literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, is there something going on with them that they're, like... They they played, I think they played recently. Okay, that might be it's it. It's like a, like a, some kind of anniversary of a record, I think. Oh. They're doing where they did. Anyway. Alright, cool. Thank you for doing it. This Thanks, was Emily. Fuck yeah. You're the best. Thanks, Thanks for having for me. Best. This went into a bunch of places. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, per the usual. You were very first, which is exactly what we hoped for a number and one. dreamed for. Emily's number one. Woo! Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Tales from the Pit. You can find bonus content on our website, talesfromthepitpod.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Tales from the Pit Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, drop us a line at talesfromthepitpod at gmail.com. Till next time.